This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. Of all the people I've spoken with on River Cafe Conversations, Norman Foster is the person I've known for the longest time. In fact, we met in 1970 when I was 22. We've been through a lot together, bonded by love for family, adventure, architecture. Tonight, we're going to have dinner with his wonderful wife, Elena, and his son, Eduardo. But before we do... Norman and I will talk about our love for food and our love for each other. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk about my favorite dish okay. in my favorite restaurant <laughs> with my favorite person. Okay. <laughs> Pesto. It's a classic source of Liguria, where basil grows on the hills overlooking the Mediterranean under the hot sun. And the recipe is trophea with pesto, which serves six. 200 grams of fresh basil leaves, 150 grams of parmesan freshly grated, half a garlic clove peeled, 75 grams of pine nuts, 200 milliliters of extra virgin olive oil, and 300 grams of the pasta. So we put the basil leaves and the parmesan, the garlic and the pine nuts into a food processor, add the extra virgin olive oil, some sea salt and black pepper, and bind together to make a smooth paste. Bring a large pot of salted water to the boil and cook the trophia for about 10 minutes. Drain the pasta and return to the pot. Gently stir in the pesto, check the seasoning, and serve with grated parmesan. Sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. Can I have some? Maybe I hope it'll be on the menu tonight. So of all the recipes and all the books, what made you choose pesto? I, I can't remember when I discovered pesto, mm. but I can remember when I discovered pasta and risotto. I was a student, and I'd cycled and um, ended up in M- Milan, And I associated rice with rice pudding, which was sweet and sickly and really, for me, not very nice. And I discovered rice and pasta, and it was just a a great discovery. That was a very, very long time ago. How old were you then? Ah, I must have been in my teens. Yeah, really. And then what about when you then went to university, when when you studied architecture? Tell me about that. As a student of architecture, every vacation after 
really working to raise funds. I'd be traveling either to Italy, France, classical architecture, Palladio. Mm. An interest in urban spaces, particularly in Italy, but also trips to Scandinavia, discovering the work of Utzon, for example, before he won the competition for the for the opera house. And always there's there was the constant of the food and the drink of the of the area. So I think they were, you know, simultaneous revelations about design, architecture, yeah. food, and, and and really a lifestyle, yeah. I guess. The discovery of of the pleasure and the luxury of of dining. Because it's so interesting. Tell me about a city that you visited where the architecture and the food you mentioned Italy. Italy is always fantastic. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, the memories are of, you know, the places that I would measure the public spaces. So the um, the main square, El Campo in Siena, or the yeah. square in Verona, or the shortcut uh, through the Galleria in Milan that connects La Scala to, right. the, to the cathedral. Um, and always a kind of pavement cafe and you know just a great synergy of mm. of food of public space mm. i wouldn't wouldn't be calling it public space then but yeah. but it was uh, that interest in urbanity in the city yeah. which again i think is unusual because uh, a school of architecture is much more about about the design of individual buildings and not the infrastructure mm. of a city. But it's the infrastructure of public spaces yeah. that makes, you know, it's, as I look out of the window here, mm. it's your, your green space, yeah. which is the focus. Um, that's much more than, uh, you know, as a, as a symbol of the River Cafe than the yeah. indoor space. Yeah. And that's the, you know, a much more powerful identity yeah. and the water. So yeah. it's this yeah, little quarter that's yeah. kind of like a city in microcosm. Yeah. Tell me about going to Yale and meeting Richard. Yes. Richard Rogers, my Well, husband. I met Richard at a Fulbright reception, and I remember that he was heavily bandaged from a ski accident. Oh. And, um, uh, and then the next time, of course, was uh, the beginning of the master's class in Yale, which must have been 1961. And the school started the first day of term and the School of Architecture closed its premises on the last day. So it was a 24-hour school, and the dean, Paul Rudolph, was quite a character and drove everybody very hard. And there were always so-called charrettes where you would burn the midnight oil. And I remember that the only place that was open all night was a cafe called My Brothers, I think it was. My uh, Brothers? Yes. (laughs) And we'd be... (laughs) uh, We'd be there sometimes in the middle of the night and um, and discovering American uh, American food like pastrami sandwiches and um, and I remember it being yeah. fantastic. But did you also <laughs> Richard often spoke about going to the Four Seasons? Oh yes, the Four Seasons restaurant at the base of the Seagram Building, which was Mies van der Rohe's oh. still enduring bronze 
early classic skyscraper. It must have been the late 1950s, I guess. And uh, the base of that building was the restaurant that Philip Johnson and he did together with this extraordinary sculpture over the bar and originally the Rothko paintings mm. and the pool room. Sadly, long gone, but the pool in the center, absolutely classic restaurant. I mean, breathtaking mm. interior. And I remember a really you know, very classic menu. And that was, I mean, to go there for a drink on an excursion to New yeah. York with Richard, with Jim Sterling, whatever. And I remember Jim surreptitiously pulling the ashtray and sliding it into his, the kind of pocket of his coat. And at the end of the drinks, when he was given the bill, the waiter said, oh, oh, by the way, this figure here, that's the cost of the extra. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, But that was, uh, that was quite a treat to... Uh, it was ar- um, that was a perfect melding of architecture and An incredible, and food. yes, yeah. in- incredible yeah. marriage yeah. of yeah. just a great space, amazing taste, classic furniture. Mm. I remember Philip had his office yeah. in the in the Seagram, and he would have his the table, uh, you know, yeah. his regular table in the corner, and mm. and hold forth, hold court there. Um, was he teaching at Yale? Did you know him? He was Yale? a visiting critic. A great thing about Paul Rudolph, he would bring together people who would not necessarily see eye to eye with his architecture or the other way around, mm. um, but consciously bringing dissent to bear on you know, those of us who were, who were students at that time. We were real beneficiaries of that. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible combination because you had Paul Rudolph um, and for the second half, Serge Shemayev, the yes. European-Russian sort yeah. of emigre. You had Vincent Scully as the historian and coming at it from those different angles. We were, we were very privileged. And, and also interesting that, that Philip Johnson invited students, you know, to come and have lunch at the Four Seasons. Sometimes, yes, yeah, yes. And I, um, and I remember one uh, amazing crit, and the crit was a theatrical event when you presented your design one after the other and you had the, the whole school would crowd into the room and there was a sense of anticipation and theatre. I mean, it was a little bit like the arena, you know, with the bear pit. And I remember Richard and I did a scheme together. That was pretty controversial because it hadn't happened before, mm-hmm. the idea of two people two coming together to do a, a joint presentation. And in the middle of it, Philip said something like, well, this model's great, but I don't know what these buildings are doing in the middle of this spine. Um, I really think they should come off. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed oh, no. the model, he grabbed the offending buildings in the middle of this circulation spine with the ziggurats either side of it and threw it through. And Paul Rudolph said, you're so right. I've been telling the two of them, but oh, they no. never listen. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember saying afterwards, and actually, wow. they were both right. Were they I right? Mean, yes, they were right. But it was theatre. Yeah, it was theater. like... Um, a real cut and thrust, and um, 
good times. But when you think of theater, when you go to a restaurant, do you look for the drama of a restaurant? Do you choose restaurants think, also? You know, for, what do you look for? I think for? we're attracted to mm. being together, and mm. and in a way, the again, the pandemic has mm. has magnified mm. that and made us um, yeah, mm. realize the the privilege and the luxury of being able to come together. So, it is I, the atmosphere of a communality mm. of people having a shared sense mm. of of occasion, and mm. that can be uh, that can be very modest. Cafes, bistros, where you might be sitting on a bench or just under, you know, the shade of a tree. I mean, it sounds corny and romantic, but um, but you know, genuine places. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Help helps is a maxim I believe in. We all carry around stress and hardship. And when we keep it inside, it starts to chip away. Therapy is a safe place. And therapy is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp dot com slash Ruthie today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H-E-L-P dot com slash Ruthie. Betterhelp.com slash Ruthie. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So early life, tell me about Manchester. Did your mother cook? Your father cooked? Did My mother cooked, but it was the classic uh, baked beans on yeah. toast or it would be fish and chips from a fish and chip shop. Mm. Um, it would be uh, a roast on Sundays. Sundays was a, a special day and I'd go around to the corner shop to get mustard powder and I remember oh. making that to go with the, with the beef. That was, a, that was a special day. Did you make it or did your mom? No, make my it? mother. Your mother yeah, did. Yeah. Was she working full time? Was what do you think food was um, something you put on the table? She, later she worked, but yeah. at that time, uh, my my father, I think this was a time during the yeah. during the war and rationing and hmm. and so on. So yeah. uh, far, far removed. Yeah, I, I was saying that I. Helped with Paul McCartney, who probably is at the same generation. Mm. And he described growing up in Liverpool and very much the same kind of food, which is, you know, it came out of the war, it came out of, of poverty, it came out of isolation, as you say. Yes, I can, but, I can remember my, my mother discovering dried eggs, which okay. came from America and you... Oh whip them with this powder, this bright yellow powder, in a brown, yeah. grease-proof package. And, um, and fruit was scarce. Yeah. I mean, if you got a tangerine, that was a real yeah. treat. I mean, very, very special. Yeah. Uh, 
So and, did you? And, and I remember when the uh, after the war, when the shops opened in queues for sweets. Yeah. Sweets were like a rare delicacy. And I remember Hershey bars, which yeah. somehow found their way through, mm. you know, yeah. through children and friends yeah. of GIs who were stationed nearby. Were you hungry? No, I don't think I, 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 I never remember no, being hungry. No. no. Uh, so I think that rather like Paul that you're mm. describing, um, I think one maintains an appreciation of. Mm. Of largesse, if you, I agree. Yeah. if you were. Yeah, because it was also out of very, you know, desperate conditions of, you know, of rationing of the war. I remember the ration poverty. book as you if did. it was yesterday. What was it like? It was coupons. It was a government document. Mm. It's a powerful image and, yeah. and really quite symbolic. Yeah, and when you were growing up, were you interested, do you think, even though you were deprived of the of the kind of exciting food from the con. Did you think about it? Did you think that food could taste better than this? I remember a bike ride, which was, I must have been 16, and I was with a friend. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time out of Manchester. And it wasn't just out of Manchester, it was taking a train to London, crossing the Channel. And I remember the first meal in France. It was in a very humble cafe, and I remember this friend and myself automatically as a reaction, we were served dinner, and asking for the salt and pepper, because that was a a ritualistic, you know, whenever food was served, you automatically sprayed it with salt and pepper. It was a... um, and I remember the look of absolute (laughs) horror on the proprietor serving the food. We have already added the yeah, salt and pepper. And that, oh. and that was, interestingly, that was a turning point. When do you think that you really discovered what food could be on that trip? And then did you continue? It, yes, subsequent trips. And perhaps also a taste for more exotic food because as a student in Manchester, I remember the only affordable food, which was, um, which was interesting, was Indian food. Oh, so as a student at Manchester... It was really side street Indian, again, quite humble Indian restaurants, but good food. Would you Um, ever go out with your parents for a meal? Or was that, did you? Rarely. Yeah. I remember going to a a coffee shop in in Manchester, which was called the Cardoma and was very dark wood and kind of modernist curves. Really? That was a rare occasion to take a. Uh, a tram or a trolleybus into central Manchester. And that was uh, that was a very special treat. So that was I, before architecture school. Oh yes, that was yeah. way before. Way yes, I was yeah. really so quite you were young. Discovering, um, yeah, yeah, you sought out though a, a coffee shop that was yes. beautiful architecture. Yeah. And, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, very, very strong and touching memories of that. Yes, of going there. Did you go often, or what was it? Was no, it, just, it was, uh, was a special. Once in a blue moon, yeah. as they say. When you couldn't eat out or afford restaurants and you wanted to eat as a student, did you learn to cook? Did you decide, if I can't afford to eat out, I'm going to try to eat? No, I mean, Elena will reminisce about the only time uh, that I made a meal was spaghetti and and pesto. Oh, yes. uh, But I think that was such an exception that it's been (laughs) imprinted on her memory. uh, 
But I remember, <laughs> and I was so happy when you chose Pesto because I do remember, and it probably was, it was at Compton Bassett um, Out in, in Wiltshire. Wiltshire. And so would that have been in the early With 80s? With the auger in the kitchen. Yes. And, 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 um, yeah. and I remember you saying, <laughs> I counted the leaves. Yes, I came down and I said, Norma, what are you doing? And you were going 97, 98, 99, and 100. And he said, well, I found a recipe that requires, um, you know, sort of 20 basil leaves for pesto, but we're... We're, we're eight people, so I have to count out 160 <laughs> 60 leaves of basil. I said, okay, we also could possibly weigh 10 leaves and then multiply it. But we sat there and the two of us, you know, and I thought, this is a man who really cares about, you know, the end result. <laughs> Trying to get it right. Getting it right. And, and then I remember once also in your your house on the in the penthouse and overlooking the river we were talking about i think you were helping me with what how to design the river cafe cookbook and i i came over to see you and we were talking about it and and then we decided to cook a recipe together and um i could really see you in the kitchen and i, and I don't i wonder why you don't cook more is well, there maybe that's another life still to maybe. come <laughs> <laughs> living hope Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Very often they'll say that a city has a great food culture, and that's because a lot of restaurants have just opened and there's a lot of young chefs working there and people are going to restaurants. But I think that, and I wonder if you agree, that if you go to a city like Paris or you go to Milan, the taxi driver can tell you how to cook a sea bass and the boulangerie will not sell bread, uh, uh, you know, after 11 o'clock for lunch and then you have to go back at four for dinner. And that seems like a deep culture of food. And there are wonderful places in Spain where the food is really a cult and it's a very male uh, Tell me about that. What do you mean? I'm just thinking of parts of northern Spain mm. where that gastronomic tradition really permeates society and mm. everybody is, you know, 
lives it as a as as a way of life. But you're absolutely right about the the the, the taxi driver, mm. and um, I always remember you anecdotally told me about a taxi driver in Paris where mm -hmm. he was saying, you know, something like, I live to eat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I always remember your, your quotation on yeah. that. It was, that was think, decades ago. And I think when you're in, um, in um, Saint Moritz, when you're in, in uh, Martha's Vineyard, when you're in Madrid, do you always have the food of that culture? Absolutely. You, yeah. Yes. I think we enjoy the differences. We enjoy the mm. what is special about a, a location, a place, mm. um, a quarter in a, mm. in a city or a street or a mm. particular shop or a speciality. Um, I think that becomes increasingly more significant mm. as the world gets yeah. flatter and more uniform. Yeah. Um, so I think that that pursuit of the, of the local is... Uh, more and more special. And when you know that you're going to Madrid, are you, what are you excited about eating in Madrid? Um, it's, uh, I guess it's the, in Madrid, it is the total change of tempo and work pattern. So I enjoy that shift where the working day is longer and later, mm. and the restaurant is, well, mm. nine o'clock is, yeah. is early. Yeah. I mean, you're lucky if the restaurant is open yeah. at that time. So, um, so everything is later, and I enjoy that change of pace. And they I wake mean, up in time to go to work. That's what yes. I'm really in awe of, that you I'm, can eat out at midnight and still get up and mm. go to the office. But when you travel... And you do travel. You often fly your own plane, don't you? You fly, and you've been a pilot again. Your adventure. I remember having a friend in those days that was actually flying planes. It was so exciting. Um, <laughs> I remember so we flew to various places. We did. Together, we did. To we flew to America, the south of France. South of to, France yeah. When I flew a, a twin piston Navajo. Yes, I remember. I remember. Um, we mm. did. So, when you're flying a plane, do you? eat while you're in the cockpit or do you eat before you go or do I guess it depends on the length of the flight but do you eat a certain diet to certain types of food to that, be alert that, that it's it's not that long ago that that was a lifestyle but um, but that's changed as flights have got longer and I've tended to take a uh, a back seat in the cabin but mm. um, but uh, oh, when I was immersed in that world I just um, as I do now, as we move as a family, just automatically go into the time zone that we're flying mm. into. So, um, so you know, if we arrive at dinner time, it's dinner time. We might have mm. been through uh, five or six or mm. more hour time change. But um, so just going immediately into the tempo of the mm. place that you're, you know, mm. arriving at. I think mm. that's also. Uh, a way of life. And you're an athlete. When you when you compete in the marathon, skiing or or biking, do you have a diet that you adhere to? Do you have a certain no? No, that's good. no. Just enjoy enjoying enjoy food. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes to excess. That's but. good. <laughs> okay. So my my last question of food is you know something that you've it's an adventure if it's family if it's a connection which you and I certainly have had. 
Food is also comfort. What would be your comfort food? I think it's where we started. <laughs> I think it's pasta and pesto. Thank you, Norman. With good cheese. Oh, good cheese. <laughs> and the wine. Good cheese. Oh, no, wine. Pasta, pesto, cheese and wine. Sounds good. And friendship. Thank you, Norman. Thank you. To visit the online shop of The River Café, go to shoptherivercafé.co.uk. River Café Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.